0: creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hi, friends. I am so grateful to have you here with me today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am a bit giddy and delighted to bring with you a special guest, who I had the privilege of connecting with a few months ago at an entrepreneurial group, and then heard about his new book, which we're going to be discussing today. And as many of you, I'm very lucky to get to interview a lot of brilliant thought leaders from around the world. And when this man, Gordy Ball, wrote his book, The New Millionaire's Playbook, It really just resonated with my mind, body, heart, and soul. It was like he was speaking directly to me, and I'm sure you'll get a sense of that as he shares a bit of his wisdom today. So before we dive in, I'd love to introduce you to Gordy by sharing with you a little bit about who he is in the world and what this new book is up to. So Gordy is the co-founder of the impact-focused venture capital firm, Conscious Thought Revolution, and he invites you on a journey to create a life where everything is possible and you are able to manifest your reality on your terms. And in doing so, to guide and inspire you to unlock your innate power to think your own thoughts and create your own beliefs. In the book, Gordy shares several key principles, which include unplugging ourselves from a matrix, discovering our purpose. Measuring our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being, which he calls MEPS in the book, as well as finding our ultimate mission. And one of my favorite things that I know has been a constant lifelong learning journey for me, which is how do we build resilience, resources, and relationships, as well as become wealthy spiritual warriors, and overall, how do we expand our consciousness Gordy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so delighted that our past intertwined and brought us here today.
1: Yay. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm so excited to drop in with you here.
0: We were speaking a bit before the show, and I'm so lucky to get to read all of these wonderful books. At any given moment, I'm reading five, six, seven books. And Gordy's book just really propelled me through it, Gordy. From the moment you started speaking, your voice in the book is so authentic and so real. And I love how you share your own journey of having been an entrepreneur focused on the click-through rate. And then you changed it to remind me what a CTR, the conscious thought revolution was it? That's amazing, Gordy. So tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about your journey. How did you come from being this amazing, brilliant entrepreneur into now this author and thought leader and man who is up to transforming the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd say I'll start from childhood. It was growing up to immigrant parents. There was We didn't have a lot of money growing up, and, and there was a lot of tension in the home. And as a child, the meaning I made was that this tension must be there just because there isn't a lot of money around. So I pursued this idea of if I make as much money as possible... I'll be happy, I'll solve all the problems at home, and I can create whatever I want to create. Mm -hmm. And being a child of the internet, I was... And also, I guess what I'll share is, early on, I developed this realization that I was really good at creating winning situations. And it was more of a safety mechanism. It was like a way of preventing... Eruptions, like whether it's conflict at home or conflict between friends, or it, it, my 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 natural instinct was to prevent that from happening. So I was always thinking about how to create dynamics where everybody would win as a survival mechanism. And that translated into business. And so being a child of the internet, I started launching online businesses in high school and it got it was lucrative quite quickly. Like it was, I was able to start making money pretty quickly online. And, uh, and I was making more money than any of my peers or friends. And uh, what I figured out was how to drive traffic online to from one place to another to make money. So it's it, it, in the equivalent of the high frequency trading in stocks, in the stock market, I was able to do in the online advertising space. And uh, so there's this layer that sits between the internet and online advertising, and I was playing in the middle of that, started understanding the power of psychographic profiles and understanding human psychology, which is what I studied in university. And so as my bank account started growing, I started realizing that nothing at home was getting better. My physical health was getting worse. My I was starting to enter states of depression And I say that I felt I started realizing that I was spiritually bankrupt. So even though I was financially wealthy, I was spiritually bankrupt. And uh, and that kind of led me to this existential crisis where I was like, "What the heck is the point of all of this? Why are we actually here? And and funny enough, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. in in 2007, I believe it was, I purchased the domain name. So I had a record in revenue day. I made it was a six figure day. So in one day we generated six figures. And I ended up buying the domain ctr.com for another six plus figures because what I wanted to do, I thought I was clever. I wanted to build a platform that would auto-optimize click-through rate. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, in online advertising, it's a key success metric is the higher your click-through rate, the better your campaign will perform. Mm-hmm. And so I, so that's this journey that I was on while all that was happening, I, there was this parallel moments that were occurring on the global level that really made me take a step back and ask, what's actually going on in the world? How's the world working? I had the ability to ask some of these questions and dive deep into these questions because I wasn't in the rat race. I wasn't having to work nine to five and just like worry about being inside of this rat race of a system. And so I had the opportunity to start exploring and deconstructing some systems. So the first thing that happened was 9-11. And when that occurred, that was like this moment of watching everybody, my family, my friends, the whole world, like zone in into this event and completely believe the narrative that was being pushed down through mainstream media. And to me, I was like, this isn't making sense. There's questions that are unanswered. So that was like one moment that kind of got me to start asking like, okay, what is war? What is politics? What is like how does the government actually work? What are the incentive structures? Then fast forward another 7 years after that, there was the 2008 banking collapse, the financial collapse that you may recall, which people are still recovering from 14-15 years later. And and that was another moment where I was like, okay, how like those that created the collapse are the ones that are getting bailed out and benefiting the most. So how does this game of money and banking and finance actually work? So I started realizing that. And at the same time, the Satoshi Nakamoto white, white paper came out for Bitcoins. So I started seeing that there's this paradigm shift occurring. And, uh, and so as all of these things are happening and I'm deconstructing how the world works in the three dimensional w- w- way and how the power su- systems work, I started seeing just how the game is rigged. The game is rigged where, you know, a few people and organizations are benefiting at the cost of everybody else and at the cost of the planet. And to me, I was like, this game sucks. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's when I really started diving deeper, I'd say, into more of the vision vision questing and spiritual inquiry of who am I? What is the nature of reality? What is human consciousness? And how is reality actually created? How is it rendered? What, what are the mechanisms by which the reality we live in get created? And that's been the last 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 year journey. And I went from an entrepreneur, then I launched a venture fund to invest in companies that are dedicated to raise human consciousness, because what I realized in my vision questing was that. If we actually want to solve a lot of the problems that we're facing, we need to focus on root cause. And the root cause is our state of consciousness. What has brought you and I together to have this conversation is because we're so deeply aligned to that. And uh, and then now I'm moving. So after the Venture Fund and we invested in companies like you're probably familiar with Aura Ring, and we really like companies that are using data as a force for good. To measurably improve mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being, and uh, so we did that. We raised an eight-figure fund. We deployed into really good companies, some in the psychedelic space, some in the wearable technology space, really any anyone that's dedicated to raise consciousness. And then I, after the last three years of you know, this crazy, a third event. So there's nine eleven, there's two thousand eight, and then we had this the whole COVID thing happen. And that's when I really went back inward and said, okay, what's next? And I worked on writing this book. And that's how this came to be As I was like, we need to write a new narrative. We need to redefine wealth. There's 75 trillion dollars moving hands over the next decade from the baby boomer generation to millennials and Gen Z who have a different set of values. And the old millionaire had a game that they played, which I think isn't is the one that's put us in the situation we're in. So what is the new millionaire? And that's what this book is about. So yeah, it's a little bit about how I got from a child to now this still a child just in a grown (laughs) up (laughs) body.
0: I know my husband jokes all the time. I'm constantly like, I am literally a five year old in a 42 year old body. And so are all of us, by the way, that was one of my favorite things I learned about consciousness. When we're dealing with an upset sibling parent, child, friend, colleague, we are not dealing with an upset 45-year-old, 23-year-old, 75-year-old. We are dealing with an upset two-year-old because most of us have never taken that time to be like, oh, does that hurt? Is something upset? And so then we're lashing out at everything and everyone around us. And I think it's such a beautiful story because we are all children at heart. And what I really heard you share in that, Gordy, and in the book itself, is this evolution of consciousness that we as human beings, it's our nature to survive, right? It is our nature to want to survive. And yet this idea of competition is how we built entire societies, our culture, the world. And yet what modern science, as a friend of ours, John Hoffman, would tell us, Darwinian evolution by natural selection actually is wrong. And we did not evolve to compete. We evolved to cooperate. And that's really what I got out of your book, Gordy, is this underlying premise that it's not just about receiving for the self alone, as the Kabbalists call it, but it's receiving for the sake of sharing. If I receive, Everything I receive is multiplied tenfold by my sharing it with others. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And that's the notion of making an impact, the positive impact in the world is it's not about, hey, what can I get? But it's what can I give? How can I serve? And. The, the universe and it sounds a little crazy and but now more and more science it's like ancient technology ancient spiritual technologies already gave us this blueprint, but we almost forgot it and now cutting edge science and breakthroughs in science quantum physics are showing us that the interconnectedness is undeniable. And so it's really how, if we are the universe experiencing itself through us, then how do we ensure that we are operating from a place of radiating love and being in a state of giving so that then we are receiving? That's what regenerative is. Where that, Whereas the old sort of like paradigm and lower vibrational frequencies are about, as you said, I need to survive. I need to take at whatever cost. And that game is, we are at an evolutionary shift in in our species where we are coming to the realization that game is not working. That game does not serve us anymore. We need to make quantum leap. And so this is why I really talk about it's the currency of success is not just money anymore. The currency of success is actually impact. How much of an impact are you making, starting with yourself? How deep are you going into your own self to do your own healing and fall back in love with your own five-year-old self? And when you're able to do that, you notice that your awareness starts expanding, your own consciousness starts expanding, and you're able to operate from a whole different level. In in video game speak, which I'm familiar with because I have three boys under 11, it's like you're leveling up. You're leveling up in the game and so you're playing a different game. And as you play a different game, you realize that the game you were playing or the level you were playing before was is obsolete.
0: That's so true. I love one of my favorite things in the book is you said, what does my most abundant life look like? And that's one of the things I think can be very helpful about a book, Gordy, is that there are so many wonderful esoteric books out there. Yet sometimes it can be hard for any of us to then take that wisdom and apply it practically. And for me, I'm a tool girl. Most of you who have been listening or watching the show, you know I have my, I call it my Batman tool belt. I always like to say that Batman, although he is a superhero, is the only superhero who is not superhuman, but what makes him a superhero is a super tool belt. And that was one of my favorite things about your book, Gordy, was all of these wonderful super tools, like pausing, taking a moment to write down, what does my most abundant life look like? And in fact, one of my other favorite parts was right after that, where you said, what are 20 things I could learn about? And it's so true is that if you think of how many hours we have 168 hours in a week, and most of us are unconscious, we do audits all the time on our finances and on other things but how many of us do an audit on actually where we're investing our time? And I thought, what a brilliant idea to reflect on what are 20 things that I might want to go out and study. I just love that.
1: Yeah, that's been a really big piece is around curiosity. And again, it's like, when we were children, we had this sense of curiosity that would be proliferating our entire reality. And over time, we lose that sense of curiosity. And so this exercise of writing down 20 things you're curious about, these are signals to help you get closer to your purpose. Because as you said, most of our hours, we are operating unconsciously and there's the there's like these fixed thoughts that are already running in our background that aren't operating from a place of curiosity, but from a place of whether it's survival or programming or conditioning. And so cu- reconnecting back to our innate curiosity is a great way to expand our consciousness and get clearer on what is our unique purpose? What's our purpose? On how we can achieve this new version of success that I'm propositioning here, which is around making an impact, and it's one of one of my friends who passed away. His name was Dr. Sean Stevenson. He was one of the most inspiring humans on planet Earth. He he was in a, he was in a wheelchair. He was like about two feet tall, but he was able to, and he was able to do things that. People, superheroes, weren't able to do. He was a real-life superhero. And when I shared this exercise with him, he went back and did this with his clients and his patients. And what he realized is that curiosity is actually an antidote for depression. Because when we are depressed, the predominant emotional or experience we're having is one of apathy. And so curiosity is absent in depressed people. So that was really big. I write about that in his book. He came back to me. He said, Gordy, this is life changing. And that was like, I did this presentation to this group of entrepreneurs. And that was like one small part of it around, hey, get in touch with the curiosity. And he came back. He said, I just did this to 100 people and it changed their lives. And so, yeah, I think this this notion of being curious and also what happens when you're curious is you start to have new thoughts. and. What I talk about, and some of my body of work is around this notion of thought capital. Mm-hmm. And I always share with people that every single one of you are already an investor. You already are an impact investor because every moment of existence, you are investing your thoughts. And so there's this the study, I believe is out of Stanford that they figured out that there's about between forty and sixty thousand thoughts per day, which is crazy. And so over the course of 17 days, you've had a million thoughts. So, it, so where did you invest your last million thoughts? What is the ROI of those thoughts? How much curiosity was inside of that? And then where are you going to invest your next million thoughts? And so this is why I'm really getting excited about this notion of starting to begin to measure the quality of your thoughts. And as you said, like instead of always just auditing your finances, what about if you started auditing your thoughts?
0: Audit our thoughts, audit our time, audit the people we choose to spend time with. I see so often in relationships. I was in a marriage for about 14 years and God bless my ex-husband. He was the catalyst for my personal development. When I was in my early 20s, I was bulimic and on drugs and just not in my highest best self. And he introduced me to my first personal development program. And I think he really came into this life to save the save my life in this lifetime because then our paths diverged and we went in different directions, and yet we have these circumstances and these people, and we don't think about how the people were around impact our lives. And it got to a point where we I didn't realize, Gordy, and it sounds like you found your soulmate and Suki and reading the book, which was so beautiful. I see so many of my male and female friends who are willing to be with people who treat them badly. Like in the first three to six weeks of a relationship, somebody's, oh, this person is putting me down and doing this. And I'm like, oh, I've been there. It's not worth it. And yet we have this capacity, not just in our romantic relationships, in our professional relationships, in our familial relationships to cultivate compassion and kindness, Though the biggest thing, to go back to the point about the thoughts, we can't be compassionate and kind to others if we're not first extending that same grace to ourselves, which I think is really what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I'm also curious, speaking of curiosity, I have a thought stream going on right now that I'm curious about is you said you're a, a tool girl. I think that was the exact phrase you used. I'm curious about, yeah, what are the tools that you're using for the, cultivating this compassion for yourself? And yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit and maybe we can riff on that together as well.
0: Totally, Gordy. That's why I loved your book. Reading your book was like reading my mind. <laughs> as I was reading your book, I was like, oh, you love Gene Keys too. Oh, you love heart math and heart focused breathing. Probably at least 20 of my favorite tools were mentioned in your book. I love, for me, inner child work is the big go-to. I never miss a day because I don't know about you, Gordy. If I don't check in with my inner child, I normally do it right after I meditate. I do some heart-focused breathing. Then I put my hand on my heart and I'm like, sweetheart, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I'm often shocked, Gordy at the emotions that are within me, that conscious Jen at 42 years old has no idea that there's a sadness about something. And then she says, I was really upset about this. And I'm like, wow, okay, How? what do you need? How can I provide that for you? Have you do you do that at all for yourself? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is amazing. The, what you're describing, so there's a modality called IFS, internal family systems, which you're probably familiar with, which is dovetails with this and I've been practicing this i actually dove deep into this all during the process of this book because as I was sharing with you before the talk is like writing this book was a very self-confronting process for me and and so what I started doing is exactly that so what I it's, it's a daily check-in so I'll lay on my tape I have a table and I'll lay and I'll turn on the heat mat heating pad on it to get the body like relaxed in a parasympathetic state and I'll check in and I'll it's like how are you doing What do you need? How can I love you more? And the information that's there is, oh, if I didn't do this, like, what are all the unconscious shadowy ways I'm showing up in my relationships and my partnerships? And I'm just like, holy, in this, it's it's been game changing. And what starts happening, I don't know if this happens for you, too, is like my body, it'll start moving, like the energy and the emotions will start moving. And that's the that's like the most powerful thing we can do. And what's beautiful is it's free.
0: and it prevents you from blowing your unconscious drama all over everybody else because if i don't check in with myself gordy by two o'clock i will have a tantrum like a two-year-old and thank god i have the conscious awareness and then all of a sudden i'll drop out i'll be like oh sweetheart is that you did i forget about you and she literally will be like you thought about me i'm not gonna talk to you you're a meanie pants (laughs) <laughs> no, no,
1: that's, oh my God. But it's
0: yeah. beautiful because then we can show up clean and clear for our colleagues, our friends or whatever. And a new thing I started doing that I learned from this brilliant woman from the Get Yourself the Job podcast. She ran international communications for a huge company and she said the most powerful thing. She said every day that we do a meeting. I have everybody put in the Zoom chat, zero to five. They don't need to explain it. It's just where you're at on your emotional, mental, physical availability. And if somebody is at a zero, one, two, or three, that you just extend a little bit greater compassion and grace. My, my co-founder of one of my companies, he travels around the world, he's been in Alaska. So our Monday morning (laughs) meetings, he is not a morning guy. And I get him at 7 a.m. on Mondays and he is like grumpy cat. (laughs) Like he'll often be like negative too, but it's helpful to know where somebody is at because then we can speak into the listening. So often we're talking at people and we're not talking with people. And that's so clearly also is an indication of how we interact with ourselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I this is part of like my practice as well, is I, I talk about this concept of measuring your maps in over the next few years with the exponential growth of wearable and biofeedback technologies, that will be a reality even more than it already is. We have the aura rings and we have Fitbits and we have these already that are leading us there. But a simple way you can do this without needing to get any kind of technology is so I always look at maps, right? Mental, emotional, physical, spiritual well-being. And then I ask myself this question for mental, how I measure it is, am I having my thoughts or are my thoughts having me? So I'll check in with that and I'll see if what's, is it the programming that's running me right now? Or am I aware enough of the programming that I'm able to create reality from that place of spaciousness? And then the second piece to that thought or the mental check-in is, are my thoughts empowering me or disempowering? Me? I'll do that check-in and then I'll calibrate based on that. And then for emotional, the E, I'll just ask myself, am I feeling my feelings? Am I thinking my feelings? Or am I ignoring my feelings? And so I'll tune into that. And then physical is, am I actually in my body? Am I, am I actually grounded, rooted in my body? How am I treating my vessel? So I'll check in with that. And then for a spiritual S, yes, it's what is the level of depth and quality to my relationship to myself, to the other person, to, like you and I right now, like I can feel into the depth of our interaction and our connection and, and nature. Mm-hmm. What is the quality of in depth of relationship to the natural world? How connected am I to it? So those are the like the ways that I'm also checking in daily. And so I'm using this map scale. And eventually I'm sure there'll be some kind of augmented reality layer that's juxtapositioned through some wearable lens or something that'll give us a score at every, any given moment. So yeah, those are ways also to or some tools that I'm using for the check-in process as well. I kind of just keep me in a state of flow and generosity and also impact. And I find I'm also been, this is, a, we can geek out on this as well, as I've been really studying and teaching the art and science of manifesting. We've been hearing about manifesting for years, like with the whole, the secret is I think it, it'll happen. But a lot of that, I think is, they have bypassed like for me, especially because I can live in the sort of spiritual world of woo. I don't mind it. Like people, you know, are like, oh, that's too woo. I don't mind it. But I also have ferocious appetite for intellectual stimulation so my brain needs to understand and substantiate how this is happening so i've been studying and teaching about how to engineer synchronicities and how to actually manifest using principles from ancient spiritual technologies to modern science and that's been really cool and i think another thing to share and then we can pull whatever thread you want that would be most valuable for our listeners here is So we've had this massive upswing towards this awareness around our biome, right? That's been a big thing, our gut biome. And, yes. and what I'm learning about now is actually the electro. Our trillions, the trillions of cells that we have, they're all electric. They all have electric activity inside of them. And so we're, there's more and more science that now is coming online around understanding the electric the frequencies of our cells. And so it's even going to a subatomic level now, like the biome is its biologic, biological sort of cellular level of understanding our system. But to now then to start also peeling the electric, I think that's getting really exciting for me too. So these are the things that I'm like Starting to geek out on maybe I'll start right. I'll write more about those in the next book.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think you would love uh, a friend of mine, Don Hoffman, wrote the book The Case Against Reality: Why Evolution Hid the Truth from Our Eyes. And I think you would geek out on it, Gordy, because we just did an interview with him, and Deepak, and I talking about you know conscious agents and how consciousness is fundamental. I'll have to send it to you. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but what I wanted to share, there were two things that I really wanted to pull through that resonated with me deeply in the book of many parts. One of the last bits that you touch on in the book is the idea of magic. And I love that it says behind you, for those of you listening on iTunes or one of the other channels, it says behind Gordy, be the magic. And I think that for years, and you talk about this in the book, we treat things like magic until science can prove it. But science is about 3000 years (laughs) about what a lot of the righteous, the ancients, the indigenous people have been studying For many years. And I think it's so beautiful, Gordy, how you talk about these ideas of awe and wonder and magic and synchronicity. What are your favorite ways to cultivate more of that in your life and the lives of those around you?
1: Yeah. So, actually, one of my favorite parts of going through this whole process was developing this meditation, or it's an yes. activation. Yes. So anybody that, that gets the book, they can go to the website newmillionairesplaybook.com and get free access to this meditation. And what I worked on is I wanted to, a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I coach in the entrepreneurial world, they always say, how am I going to find 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day to meditate? And my immediate response is, if you don't have 20 minutes, then you need to meditate even more.
0: Totally, yes.
1: um, but what I wanted to do, being uh, having a, an aspect of myself that is a hacker, I was like, how do we create something that can happen in seven minutes a day? So I developed this process. It's called magic, and, it's, and it stands for mag- magnetize, alchemize, generate, inspire, and clear. And so it's a, so it's a seven step process where we actually, and it's, there's a beautiful soundtrack to this seven minutes as well. And I guide people through this activation where they're using the energy centers or in, in ancient speak, the chakra system to activate and actually begin to engineer synchronicities. And so I do this. And at the beginning of the day, you know, I'll be like, what do I want to manifest today? And, and then what might, what limiting beliefs might get in the way? of me manifesting that because so the magnetized piece is all about again like speaking about the electron it's about using the electromagnetic frequency of our field to draw in all the possibilities that are available what happens though is when we draw everything in we're also drawing in the limiting beliefs the sabotaging beliefs the unconscious parts that might say oh you're not worth that worthy of that or that can't happen this quick or whatever narrative might be in the programming." And so after you magnetize and bring it all in, you, then you alchemize. And what you're doing is you're transmuting all of the energy of the lower frequency into a higher frequency. So that is serving you versus limiting you. And then when we generate, we move up to the heart to actually use the ability, again, our electromagnetic frequency of our, and field of our heart to really feel the emotion of the desired outcome already happened. So your system, the system that we have, when we feel gratitude or elation, then the system already sees and believes that it's already there. So it draws it even closer. And then we move up to the throat and we inspire the eye. And then we do this a little bit of box breathing to get into coherence. And and also to, because inspire is in, and it comes from Latin for inspirere, which was a word that was given to divine beings for speaking truth or imparting truth. And so that's the inspire. And then we move up to clear where we move up to our, and I share in the book in chapter seven, all about the hidden treasure in our brain, which is the pineal gland Mm. and all the magic that's available there. And then clearing, we go, we do it, we do 10 inhale, exhales, inhale to reoxygenate the body and basically clear the path for the synchronicities to occur. So that's the, and it's seven, we do it seven minutes, it's seven minutes a day. So that's been really cool. And like, I get my kids to do it. My kids are like, this is awesome. They just enjoy it because the, honestly, the soundtrack is, it's so beautiful. So that's, yeah, I'd say if nothing else, if you do that for, I, I was, I shared this process at one of our friends, Dave Asprey, who's like the godfather of biohacking. He had the biohacking conference earlier this year, and I went and I shared this process. And basically, I had the group determine what they want to manifest out of this biohacking conference. Do they want to create new business relationships? Do they want to find a new tool? Do they, What is it that they want to have? And then we did this process. And what was so cool is everybody was coming back over the days saying, oh, my God, this synchronicity just happened. This just happened. Lean into it. Keep going. So that's I'd say that's my favorite for the match, because and then at the end, you, after you've done the so the reoxygenation, you just sit in awe and wonder, and then you just you're in that space of what magic. What the beauty of even magic. I talk about how I loved David Blaine growing up and the street magic that he would do, and it. And when I realized it wasn't always just a trick, it was that moment of awe and wonder. Whoa, how did that just happen? And it that's the magic is that moment of awe and wonder. So the more that we can be inside of that, then the more we're connected to the mystery of our existence. And that mystery is the magic. So yeah.
0: Oh so beautiful. The mystery really is the magic. And it's so true. Life is the way that we perceive it. So if we look for life from a rational perspective and it's impossible, and I can't have this and it's hard. The way we are designed as human beings from a neuroscience standpoint is to prove ourselves right. We will literally look for the bits of information out of all the billions of bits that prove ourselves correct. It's a survival mechanism. And yet, to your point, Gordy, if we can shift our brains to the magic, if we can shift our eyes, our minds, our thoughts, our spirits, and consciously audit the way we think, speak, act, and interact with ourselves in the world, It is from that place that we can begin to weave the magic web that becomes our soul's destiny. So Gordy, it's such a pleasure to have you here with us today. I could go on talking for hours. We'll clearly need to have you on the show again because we barely scratched the surface. I didn't even get to ask you about one of my other favorite things in the book, so we'll have to have you on another time. But I would love to have you share where do you want people to go? What's the best place? Is it the New Millionaire's Playbook to... Go there and get the book. What are the best ways to connect yeah.
1: it? Yeah, you can go to your favorite retailer on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or whatever, or just go to new com and you can get the book from there. And then you'll you make sure you get all the resources. We put like thousand dollars worth of free resources that we just want to give away to anybody that gets the book. And if you want to learn more, you can just go to CTR.com and you can learn about what we're doing as an ecosystem where we're helping entrepreneurs and other investors redeploy their capital and their energy towards this notion of measurably accelerating the evolution of human consciousness. And so I look forward to, yeah, connecting with any of you. And if I can be of service, please let me know. And Jen, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so grateful and honored to be, share the space with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for speaking to my soul via your book. I just kept, I kept wanting to like virtually high five you every time I said, yes, I love it. I love it so much. So I'm intending whether you go out and get Gordy's book, or maybe you just gleaned the perfect insight or wisdom that your soul needed to hear in this moment. Our intention is that some way, somehow, that you've received something to elevate your consciousness, inspire your spirit, and allow you to step into the fullness of who you are as a human being. I'm Jennifer K. Hill, host of this show and CEO of OptimatchOM.app. And it is always a pleasure to get to be here with you and bring you the greatest minds of our time, including Gordy Ball. Thank you, Gordy. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra, and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, dot Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.